Let's go live, baby. Why not? Why not? I mean, it is, after all, the peak of recorded human civilization. Special one, as if they weren't a little special. that like, post that link, get your mum involved. We're about to go in for quarantine stream number 39. All bucko special. Damn, what epic stuff. 
Epic sounds. Glorious sounds. Ooh. Let's get ready to rumble! Yeah. Hey, baby, what's up? How are you doing? How are you doing? Yo, it's Kira the Dawn. It's the meaning stream. It's that meaning stream. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful day to be alive. And um, how are you? How are you? How are you? Damn. Oh, goodness. Anyway, um, yo, I hope you're good. I hope you're good. We have an epic set play planned for you tonight. Hopefully the video sorts itself out. It was working fine. I've been testing this for an hour. Trying to do everything I can to make it work. It was fine. And now it suddenly is a bit weird. Um, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, I could cry or could not. Because I could just get after it. It's number 39. 39 days in a row. 39 days meaning streaming in a row. We're here. And we're about to do a uh, special set that people have been asking for. Many people have been asking for this. And over here, you know, we believe in customer service. We give it, believe in giving the people uh, what they want, as well as what they don't know they want. As well as what they don't know they yet want, you know? So we're going to be doing a bunch of that tonight. A bunch of that tonight. How are you feeling out there, brothers and sisters? Let me know. I'm not going to be talking much. It's a very epic set we got planned, so we're going to get into it pretty quickly. Just going to wait for all your brothers and sisters to get in the room. Everybody smash that like. Uh, shouts out to, uh, like everyone who's been locked in from early. Look at all you, all you beautiful creatures. Look at you all. Hey, thank you, James Scone, for the super chat. Says, congrats on retweet by Naval a few minutes ago. Oh, what did he retweet? What did Naval retweet? What wise there? What did I say that was wise enough or useful enough for your boy Naval, aka the Oracle, to retweet? What on earth could that have been? What on earth could that have been? I, I'm kind of checking now. I shouldn't check. You can't, like, look at Twitter and communicate with your beautiful audience at the same time, can you? I mean, that is tricky. That is tricky, but it's not as tricky as all this. Anyway, I can't even see it. I don't even know. Um, anyway. Anyway, it's a beautiful day. It's we alive. How's that stream looking out there? Has it got better? Has it got better? I think it might have. Hey, what up, human splaining? Thank you for the super chat. So I just sent you an email, then you go live. You everywhere. I am. I am. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. I did two podcasts today. It's very epic activities Activities right now. Uh, I did one with your boy Tiger. Your boy Tiger, who's a, ba- who's a bad man. You might have seen that on Twitter. It was live on Twitter. And then I did one with MC Lars. Shouts out to MC Lars. How many people here know who MC Lars is? Or know of the activities of MC Lars. It was kind of interesting because, like, uh, I interviewed MC Lars on my podcast uh, back in 2001, 2001, 2002. Before there was such a thing as a podcast. They didn't call it podcast then. It was just that I was right. I was writing for an online music magazine, and I was like, "Yo, what if I did like a radio show and just put it out as MP3s? That'd be pretty cool." And they were like, "Okay, you do what you want." Because they basically let me do what I want there because they figured I was a genius and I was the future. And it was true. They were correct. So I had my own little radio show, the AKA podcast. You know, people used to come around. I would talk to them and it would go up as an MP3. You know, and uh, I had Sage Francis on. 
one week and then the next week I had MC Lars and they both did freestyles and MC Lars did a freestyle about how much he likes Sage Francis. Sage Francis, he's got the answers. I remember him saying very sweetly. It was a sweet time. Uh, the week after that, I interviewed Dead Press and they had a go at me for not understanding that uh, the, the American penal system was uh, a slave colony. But I hadn't said that I didn't believe that. They just immediately had a go at me and said, you don't realize da 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 I was like, actually, my favorite album when I was 12 was The Death Certificate by Ice Cube. And they said, yeah, but you're white though, aren't you? And this confused the hell out of me. But, uh, you know, shouts out to Dead Press. Uh, that album is a classic, you know? Uh, what was that great song on it about uh, doing... Uh, doing... Uh, <laughs> Mind sex. We ain't got to take our clothes off yet. We can burn an incense and just chat. Relax. I've got the good vibrations. Before we make love, let's have a good conversation. Yeah. Let's have a salad. Fresh bed of... What's it? Let's have a salad. Fresh bed of lettuce, the croutons. Later, we can play a game of chess on the futon. Yo. Yo, that was some epic rhymes. Shaz has a dead press all day. And you know, they, they did that album. And um, I guess they got a bit of like... Uh, like the hood took the piss out of him a bit rapping about croutons, you know what I mean? So the next album was called Revolutionary But Gangster. And then they, they just did loads of songs about sticking up pizza boys on it, you know? I wish I could, I don't know. <laughs> sticking up pizza boys. They did. They had a song with Jay-Z and their whole rap was about sticking up a pizza boy. It was like, hey, we've this, here's how to get some money real fast. It was like a how-to guide. It was like how to stick up your pizza boy. The Basically, how to stick up a pizza boy is pretty intricate. What you do is... You ring for a pizza, and when the guy comes, you stick him up. Yeah! Thank you, Dead Press. Thank you, Dead Press. And, uh, yo, thank you, everyone who logged in. Uh, how's the quality doing? How's the feelings? How's the, uh, how's the vibes? We're going to get in this uh, set pretty quick. Just got to make sure everyone is in the building. Got to make sure everyone is here. Uh, smash that like, spread that link. I'll just hop on Twitter and see if I need to retweet anybody. You know? But yeah, anyway, it was really cool talking to MC Lars, you know. It's nice when you talk to people that you've kind of, like, been in the circumference of, you know, professionally for a long time. You know, he's, he basically observed my journey from uh, teenage, young little teenage tearaway with dreams of making music who'd infiltrated music journalism to get there uh, through the whole whirlwind of, you know, major label, record deal, crazed shenanigans cult weirdness uh rap shenanigans meaning wave this here you know it's been it's been an epic life brothers and sisters it's been an epic journey it's been an epic road to here you know and here we are. Here we are together. Ain't no else, else I'd rather be, brothers and sisters. We have a custom we like to do before we get down with the Epic Activity DJ sets. And um, the custom, the custom is uh, it's the international high five. You know, we do an international high five. It binds us. And if, before we do that, I need to know where you are. So please tell me where you are. And also tell me the highlight for you. The highlight of this past 39 days. What's the peak moment of this past 39 days that this has been going on? We've been getting down. We've been getting down in here. 39 days. What has been the peak moment for you? Could be a moment from your life. Could be a moment from this stream. Could be a moment from, uh, you know, a past life. I don't know. 
Past 39 days. You let me know, baby. It's the international. International high five season. We're getting ready to go on a special all JBP wave live set. All JBP wave. All, 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 all. Songs selected for their usefulness and relevance to right now. All JBP. Activities only in 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, baby. Uh, what's everyone saying? Grey Flower, that new icon of yours is hardcore. Yeah. Grey Flower, ain't nowhere else than the meaning stream we'd rather be. That's right. Damn straight. Uh, James Scott in Hawaii. Highlight is the music and reading. Nice. Jack Whelan finished his thesis. Congratulations. Martin Potter is doing something. Uh, Michael in Seattle. In Seattle, realizing I wasn't as alone as I thought I was. You are not alone. Ooh, that's a good song. I might have to play that one of these days. That's one of mine. Uh, Fuego is in Queensland knocking down four day work week today nice more time for epic activities Abadonish in Washington Indiana the fact that a chat room a chat room full of strangers are this connected by genuine love isn't that a wonderful thing it's a wonderful thing to have observed and been a part of I feel very 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 fortunate to have been a part of such a thing so beautiful so epic uh, Mike Bess's Pittsburgh being essential essential Mike they call him in Pittsburgh. John Grady, Washington. Peak was an epic hike at the lake with some mushrooms and my Bible with a live stream at the end of it. Epic activities in 2020. Lucid Music, DJ Screws Hometown, Houston, Texas. Let's go. You already know, in the past 39 days, I have capitalized on the opportunity to have more time to work on music. Damn straight, bucko. Ben Walker, Atlanta, being fortunate enough to walk home from home and spend more time with the family. Work from home, spend time with the family. Me too, my guy. Me too. Me too. Shouts out to Pharrell and the Clips in 2000s. Liz Sunday, North Cali, being home with my man. Being home with my man. You're nice. Shouts out to your man. Shouts out to you and your man. DS Duenas in Tacoma from the streams. I've gotten so much inspiration and confidence in my ability to self-regulate vibes everywhere I go. Yeah! This has basically been a one-on-one crash course in vibe regulation over 39 days, right? It's been pretty epic. Uh, WMIV, MD, when someone said Shaolin Wave and you went off on an hour-long 90s mix, that was epic. I did enjoy that. That was wonderful. Chris in Utah, highlight was that first day of working out with Goggins Wave. Yes. Uh, Joshua Ramirez, brother, DJ My Wedding, September 2020. Meaning Wave has changed my life. Yo, congratulations. So hopefully you're allowed back out to have weddings by 2020. September. Who knows? What well, I mean, maybe we'll all be on Mars. But uh, either way, congratulations. Chef Ken, Arkansas, fishing with my wife. That sounds like a very epic activity and also very wholesome. Shouts out to all the husbands and wives out there. Revolutionaries. Modern day revolutionaries. My goodness. YouTube Hero Alex, 100 plus viewers already. This is going to be a popular one. Of course. Of course. It's the Wave Father and the, the Clout Father. The, um, you know, the Bishop of Bucko himself. Gang. Andrew, New Jersey, reading of my best friend is successfully fighting back cancer. Get after it. Get after it. Great flowers on earth, still seeing all the ducks vibe together. That's a beautiful thing. Vim Fuego enjoyed Susan Vega. Susan Vega and Alan Watts together, my goodness. By the way, oh my goodness, you wait till you see the artwork for the new Alan Watts album. Yo, it is so epic. It is so epic. Uh, Tommy F. Patterson. 
comic book artist. You may know him from his work on the Game of Thrones comic. He's drawn it. It's so good. So good. Oh my goodness. It's hardcore. It's really hardcore. Uh, it's got so much detail and so much stuff. I sent him over the transcripts of the whole record and he's incorporated like visual elements from all the stuff, all the things that your boy Watts is talking about. So that's sick. Looking forward to showing you that next week. Uh, Kiara O in Virginia, extra study time for nursing school. Hey, nice one. Nice one. James Scott. Ooh. Austin already worked from home in Texas. I just locked the doors and carried on. You, you know what I mean? Dakota Yates built a garden with my sons. That is an epic activity. That is an epic activity. It sounds like we have, as per usual, a international audience, and an international audience requires an international high-five, brothers and sisters, to get ready for the cosmic, the intergalactic, the ultra-high-five, the international high-five. It's the thing that binds us all together across space and time. If you're listening to this on the Rewind, shouts out to you. If you listen to this live, shouts out to you. Cock back the, uh, the arm, aim for the elbow. We're going in. Three, two, one. International. International underground up and down up up and down. Like a million elephants, you don't know the around the you can't stop the time. Yo, YouTube Hero Alex, the stream quality is flawless tonight. Oh, praise the praise the gods. Thanks to the gods. Yo, that's so wonderful. That's so epic. We gotta praise the gods. Alright, cool. Do you know what we're gonna do then? Uh I'm gonna play you the new single. Oh, by the way, shit, I forgot to say. Uh, we put out that free album last week on Bandcamp. This is a mysterious planet, and we are mysterious beings. And uh, a lot of you asked if it could be made available on Spotify and iTunes. So, it has. It has. You can go check that out now. It's already had uh, nearly 2 million streams. <laughs> it has. And, um, yeah, that's an epic activity. And that's an epic compilation album. And uh, you can stream that now everywhere. This is a mysterious planet, and we are mysterious beings, Akira the Dawn, and an assorted cast of, uh, of righteous individuals and wave regulators. Uh, it's got Jordan Peterson on it. It's got Alan Watts on it. It's got Terrence McKenna on it. It's got David Foster Wallace on it. It's got Marcus Aurelius on it. It's got me on it. And that's there right now for you to check. And you can also download it for free on the Bandcamp. The link is in the description of this video. Get after that. Meanwhile, at 9 p.m. PST tonight, that's in two hours and 11 minutes, this brand new single drops on all platforms. This is Akira the Dawn and Mandy P. Hall. The song is called Reduce Effort. of effortless effort, the individual changes his policy. And a good example of this method of changing is in the selection of an adequate vocal coach if you intend to take singing lessons. In the, uh, shall we say, robusto style, the principal problem was to open your mouth and bellow. And nearly all, or many, of the older singers were quite content and happy if they could rattle the chandeliers in the back of the eyebrow. Then it was gradually discovered that this was the best way to ruin a voice that there was. 
invoices were damaged, and damaged terribly. Today we know that the best way to learn to vocalize is to reduce effort. Today we know that the best way to learn to vocalize is to reduce effort. The principal problem that every singer has to get rid of is his own throat. If he could lose it, he would sing better. Get his mind off of the noise he is making. Relax. And allow the breath to move as it will. And if he controls the breath with a minimum of mental energy, he will produce a pure tone. Well, if he gets behind it and shoves with everything he has, he will develop only a badly pressured, badly trained voice. Today we know that the best way to learn to vocalize is to reduce effort. Today we know that the best way to learn to vocalize is to reduce effort. Hey. Same thing in life. Yeah, yeah. Same thing in life. The purpose of life, the economy of life, is to use a minimum amount of energy to attain maximum results. Minimum amount of energy. Maximum results. Minimum amount of energy. Maximum results. Yeah, yeah! Minimum amount of energy. That's right. Same thing in life. 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 Manly P. Hall and Akira the Dawn, brothers and sisters. Manly P. Hall and Akira the Dawn. In association with the Manly P. Hall, the PRS, the Philosopher Society. Uh, that's official, like a referee's whistle. That's how we get down. We're official people. We do official things. Shouts out to everyone logged in. Thank you, everyone who's on the Super Chat Wave. Thank you, Vim Fuego. Says for Guy G. Who's Guy G? Who's Guy G? Who have I got to be redistributing the wealth to? Guy G. Jack Whelan, thanks for the Spotify content. Thank you, Jack Whelan, just for being you. We appreciate you. You are epic. Humans planning, thank you. Thank you, James Scott. Shouts out to everyone locked in. Uh, it's the wave. Yes, it is. We're about to go in with that all JVP wave live session. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That Manly P-Hole track drops at 9pm PST tonight.
brothers and sisters. Oh boy. Oh boy. It is time. Live from the peak of recorded human civilization, I'm Akira the Don. We're about to go in. All JBP wave, all bucko, all useful. JBP wave, clean up your mind. start that again we're gonna start that again deviations to the path we're gonna kick that up again it's gonna be even more epic yes it is shouts out to everyone locked in yeah baby shouts out to Wim Fuego shouts out to Abedon SJBC let's, let's go where's my rewind button yo and another one shouts out to Wadman Gaming was Tarantulas you might be happy you might just be about to be happy 
The entire Wu Tang clan is in the building. Says I've been listening to your music all week. Well, shouts out to you. We're going to do this. Let's go. So I had a 
families in my clinical practice who've never recovered from the suicide of a family member. Decades later, they're still torturing themselves about it. And so that's what we leave behind. Maybe you're feeling life has been twisted against you and that people deserve to suffer for the misery that they impose upon you. But I would say, think very, very carefully before you go down. No, it's, it's a terrible thing to leave people with. Part of the reason that suicide has been illegal in most societies is because it absolutely devastates the people you leave behind. And you might think, well, those people would be better than you And if you get really depressed, you can think that way. And you can even get to the point where you can't think any other way than that. If you're at the point where you can't think any other way than that, then you should tell someone that you should go to the hospital. Because that can happen, you know, it can happen if you get depressed. There are treatments for depression, you know, and many of them work for, for some people. They certainly beat the hell out of suicide. And even if they have some negative side effects, and sometimes they do, quite frequently they do, the negative side effects aren't fatal. I mean, there's lots of reasons that people get depressed that are very, very complex. Don't give up hope and do something finally for you to explore your possible options. And if you haven't talked to a psychologist, if you haven't talked to a psychiatrist, you haven't tried antidepressants, you haven't revealed to your family or people that care for you that this is how you're feeling, then you owe it to yourself and them to explore every possible avenue before you take such a step. That's the other thing, you know, you, you have intrinsic value, and you can't just transmit them to an end, you leave a hole in the fabric of being itself. The wise man that I once worked with said, You can always commit suicide tomorrow. You only get to decide that once. And you can put it off. So I would say just put it off. And then put it off some more. And see what you can do to put yourself together. You're so hopeless that you have a suicidal plan. Tell someone for God's sake. Tell them. And every hospital would tell them. And for sure, try antidepressants. What the hell do you have to lose? Do everything you possibly can to address the issue before you do something like that. And do give some thought to the people that you're going to leave behind. Because believe me, you may just absolutely wipe them out and You cannot fix someone's suicide. You're stupid. You torture yourself for the rest of your life. If I would have only known, if I would have only said something different. So don't be so sure that your life is yours to take. You don't own yourself the way that you own an object. You have a moral obligation to yourself as a locus of a divine value, let's say. You can't treat that as that's just, it's wrong. So those are the reasons. Explore everything you can explore and put yourself back on your feet. All the things, there's all sorts of treatments for depression. Don't leave the people around you 
with that to suffer from for the rest of your lives. Don't underestimate your value in the world. And don't underestimate the fact that suicide is wrong. So those are four reasons why you shouldn't end your life soon.
okay is that nothing matters. Or I can reverse it and everything matters. But I have to take the responsibility that's associated with that. It's not so obvious to me that people would take the meaningful path. You know, when you say, well, nihilists suffer dreadfully because there's no meaning in their life and they still suffer. Yeah, but the advantage is they have no responsibility. So that's the payoff, and I actually think that's the motivation. Say, well, I can't help being nihilistic, and people will feel sorry for you, and you have the option of taking the pathway of the martyr, so that's a pretty good deal, all things considered, especially when the alternative is to bear your burden properly and to live forthrightly in the world. If you live a pathological life, you pathologize your society, and if enough people do that, then... It's hell. Really. Really. The things that you do and you don't do are far more important than you think. More important than you think. Far more important than you think. The things that you do and you don't do are far more important than you think. through means 
trying to take as much responsibility for altering the conditions under which those things happen going forward into the future as possible. Like, the purpose of memory is to stop you from doing the same stupid things in the future, right? If you've had experiences that have made you bitter and resentful or are still engaged in experiences that are doing that, then you need to do a careful microanalysis of what those are and see if you can see if you can flip your attitude in some manner. I'm not saying this is easy, but the first thing you can do is at least figure out what those memories are. You can kind of tell if something needs work from a memory perspective if it occurred more than about 18 months ago and when you remember it, it still causes like a wave of sadness or anger. Waves of contempt for existence itself keep coming. Waves of waves of contempt for existence itself keep coming. There's a part of me that revels in riding these waves. But can I harness them for good? Waves of contempt for existence itself keep coming. Hey! What that means is that your brain is still targeting that experience as threatening and unexplored. And what that means is that in some sense, part of you or a part of you that could exist is still stuck in that memory. Because you can go back and do a careful causal analysis of the events that led up to the unfortunate circumstance. Map out your role. There's going to be things that you could have done differently to avoid it. And that's what you need to figure out for the future. try to shed all your personal resentment a part of that too is to not take things too personally there's nothing personal about the fact that terrible things happen to you i mean unless you're directly causally involved as, as it says i believe in the old testament rains on the just and the unjust alike Tragedy and difficulty and even the confrontation with evil are built into the structure of existence and the new person. It may be the price that we pay for existence itself. You could say, well, that price is too high to pay. But if you start thinking that way, then you make everything much, much worse. Waves of contempt for existence itself keep coming. Waves of waves of contempt for existence itself keep coming. There's a part of me that revels in riding these waves, but can I harness them for good? Waves of contempt for existence itself keep coming. Shoulder your cross voluntarily and stumble forward towards the light. That's the best strategy, and. Just because it's the best strategy doesn't even necessarily mean that it's always going to work. Like, this is no optimistic scenario. Like, a dragon is no optimistic scenario. Confront the dragon, get the gold, bring it back to share with the community. And, you know, that sounds all well and good, but after all, it is a dragon and many people get eaten by them. The myth basically says, well, your best bet is to open your eyes and speak the truth and look forward 
forthrightly and confront the hydras that are raising their heads and their tentacles constantly to frighten you and stop you and to fight the tyranny of the social structure when it's oppressing you unduly. And that's what you have to do. But I would say if that contempt is there now, that not really worth digging into. That would be the place where you would discover the union shadow because you would discover that contempt is an unbelievably destructive force. Contempt is a for you to try to think about you can use fantasy to do this it's like 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 you let that contempt manifest itself fully in like a dream or a daydream what's the vision exactly i mean is it the destruction of the town is it the destruction of the country do you want the entire world to blow up waves of contempt for existence itself keep coming Waves of waves of contempt for existence itself keep coming. There's a part of me that revels in riding these waves, but can I harness them for good? Waves of contempt for existence itself keep coming. Are there specific people that you're angry at, or maybe you're angry at yourself? Those waves of contempt are unarticulated elements of experience, and they're part of your shadow. So, can you harness them for good? Well, the more you understand your dark urges, the more likely you are to be able to regulate and control them and to use them as part of your power. A person who has authority is someone who's integrated the dangerous parts of themselves, and that's part of what gives their words gravitas and weight. And so, yes, I think you could you could harness them for good. And I think that's the right thing to do, but it will involve a fair bit of painful soul searching.
of that was was extracted in some sense from the pagan symbolism that existed there prior to Christianity. I mean, the tree idea, for example, the idea that there's a tree that unites heaven and hell, which is sort of something akin to Jacob's ladder, is a central tenet of shamanism. And there are all sorts of strange shamanic echoes that permeate Christianity and the Christmas story. Santa Claus is a good example. There's very interesting documentation about the relationship between the red and white of Santa Claus, for example, and the use of Amanita muscaria mushrooms among the shamanic, in the shamanic tradition. So yeah, it's a very, very deep and strange mixture of desert and, and frigid cold and and celebration and I guess that's also partly what's given it such longevity as a, as a celebration even though we also seem to be doing everything we can to undermine that as fast as possible Yourself, it's much better and much. 
much easier than it is if it's taken away from you forcibly, in which case you're very much likely to fight it. Dead wood. Dead wood. Dead wood. Dead wood. As you elevate your aim, you create a judge at the same time. The new ideal, which is an ideal you, that becomes a judge because it's above you. The judge tells you what's useless about yourself, and then you can dispense with it. And you want to keep doing that, and then every time you make a judge that's more elevated, then there's more useless you that has to be dispensed with. And then if you create an ultimate judge, which is what the archetypal imagination of humankind has done, say, with the figure of Christ, you have a judge that says, get rid of everything about yourself. It isn't perfect.
what are the, what are the processes? Well, I think what I've recommended to people is clean up your room. 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 That's a good start. Organize your local landscape. Schedule your time. Start taking control of yourself. See if you can stop saying things you know to be lies. That's not the same as telling the truth. You don't get to do that to begin with because you're not good enough at it to even attempt it in some sense. But everyone can stop saying things they know to be falsehoods. Stop saying things that violate your conscience. Here's another idea. Stop saying and doing things that make you feel weak. Because all you have to do is pay attention to that. Some things you do will make you feel disintegrated. It's a physiological sensation. Some things improve your integrity and some things disintegrate you. Now, the things that disintegrate you, you often do to impress other people. Or because you're taking a shortcut or you're escaping what you know to be your moral obligation. And your moral obligation stems naturally from your aims. And if you don't have an aim, well then, you're aimless. So that's not a solution. So along with the aims come the moral obligations. Then when you violate the moral obligations, you'll have a sense of that violation. It's like, well, you have to stop doing that. Or, or that's something you could do. You don't have to. You don't have to do any of this. I would say that's where, where people should start. You start small. Clean up your room. Clean up your room. Clean up your room. Clean up your room. I had a girl come up to me last night. She said, I started cleaning up my room and it completely changed my life. She said, your room is an externalization of your mind. And that's right. That's exactly true. To the degree that you're in your room, the room is you. Now, that isn't how people think. That's okay. It doesn't matter if they think that way. That's how it is. So, straighten up what you can straighten up and quit saying things that make you feel weak. And then, then you'll know what to do next. Clean up your room. Clean up your room. Clean up your room. Clean up your room. Let's say you want to clean up your room.
A to point B in. You've got your damn room and you've got the space right in front of you. Space right in front of you. Space right in front of you. You've got your damn room and you've got the space right in front of you. It's part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. You've got your damn room and you've got the space right in front of you. Space right in front of you. Space right in front of you. You've got your damn room and you've got the space right in front of you. It's part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. So what it means to set up your room is that you have to have somewhere to go that's worthwhile. The next thing is, well, maybe you have to make it beautiful. But that's not easy, right? That means you have to have some taste. And that doesn't mean you have to have money. It doesn't. Because you can be garish with money. And you can be tasteful with nothing. You have to be creative in order to do that. And so then to beautify your room means that you also have to develop your capacity to be creative. And so then you can make your room giant. That if your family isn't together, they will interfere with that. When you start building this little microcosm of perfection, it'll evoke all the pathologies of everyone in your household. They'll wonder what the hell you're up to in there. And they won't necessarily be happy because if they're in a lonely place, the higher you move out of that, the more the place they're in looks bad. And you might say, well, what they should do is celebrate your victory over chaos and evil, but that isn't what will happen. What will happen instead is that they will attempt to pull you back down. And so what that means is that if you organize your room, then you're going to have to confront the devils in your house. And that's often a terrifying thing because some of those devils have lineages that go back many, many generations. And God only knows what you have to struggle with in order to overcome that. You've got your damn room and you've got the space right in front of you. Space right in front of you. Space right in front of you. You've got your damn room and you've got the space right in front of you. It's a part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. You've got your damn room and you've got the space right in front of you. Space right in front of you. Space right in front of you. You've got your damn room and you've got the space right in front of you. It's a part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. It's a part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. It's a part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. It's a part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. It's a part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. It's a part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. It's a part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. It's a part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. It's a part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. And so to sort yourself out and to fix up your room is a non-trivial matter, you know? Make some damn noise! This piece of work by Jung a long while back. It was a meditation on the injunction to treat your neighbor as, as you would like to be treated. And what Jung pointed out, which I really liked, was that that wasn't an injunction to be nice to other people. It was an invitation to reciprocity. It was something like this. It's like, you should figure out how you would like to be treated, like you were taking care of yourself, not how you would like people to respond to you. It's more important than that. It's like, imagine you had a child that you really cared for, and, and someone said, well, people will treat this child exactly like you want them to, but you have to figure out what that is. And so then you'd have to sit down for like a month and you'd think, okay, well, how do you want your child to be treated? You don't want everyone just to be nice to him, you know? You want people to challenge him and you want people to discipline him and you want people to tell him when he's wrong. It's like, you don't just want everyone to be nice. That's, that's pathetic, it's pathetic. There's, there's no challenge in that. There's no challenge in that.
human beings are self-conscious and we know about our limitations and we know about our weaknesses and so we can have contempt for human beings in general because you know we're just flawed and breakable and all of that but we know ourselves better than we know everyone else and so you have a very acute sense of how you're not up to scratch and, and so that leads naturally to a sort of self-contemptuous attitude people are more likely to give prescription medication to their pets than to take them themselves imagine someone that you treat well that you love and try to treat yourself that way you got to detach from yourself this you got to think okay well i'm a person among other people and i deserve at least as much respect as a person among other people i should be trying to help myself across time and instead of being self-contemptuous and self-destructive i need to take care of myself as if i'm potentially valuable and to lay out my life that way it's hard for people they don't take care of themselves as well as they should Take care of your things, like have some respect for yourself as a miraculous being, because that is actually what you are. There is a lot of potential within you. You're necessary more than you think to the unfolding of things. That's the thing about being an individual. It's the thing that Western civilization has always recognized, that as an individual, you have a light that you have to bring into the world. And that if you don't bring it into the world, the world is a dimmer place. And that's a bad thing, because when the world is a dim place, it can get very, very, very dark. Grace and mercy are suffering, brothers and sisters. This is the Peter Pan story. Yes, it is. Peter Pan is this magical boy. Pan is the god of everything, roughly speaking. It's not an accident that he has the name Pan. And he's the boy that won't grow up. And he's magical. Well, that's because children are magical. They can be anything. They're nothing but potential. Peter Pan doesn't want to give that up. Why? Well, he's got some adults around him, but the main adult is Captain Hook. Who the hell wants to grow up to be Captain Hook? First of all, you've got a hook. Second, you're a tyrant. And third, you're chased by the dragon of chaos with a clock in its stomach. The crocodile, it's already got a piece of you. Well, that's what happens when you get older. Time has already got a piece of you. And eventually, it's got a taste for you. And eventually, it's going to eat you. Hook is so traumatized by that that he can't help but be a tyrant. And then Peter Pan looks at traumatized Hook and says, well, no, I'm not sacrificing my childhood for that. He ends up king of lost boys. Sacrifice. You get to pick your damn sacrifice. That's all. Sacrifice. You don't get to not make one. So you're sacrificial whether you want to be or not. And who the hell wants to be king of the Lost Boys? And he also sacrifices the possibility that he'll have a real relationship with a woman. Because that's Wendy. She wants to grow up and have kids and have a life. She accepts her mortality. She accepts her maturity. Peter Pan has to content himself with Tinkerbell. She doesn't even exist. She's like... She's like the fairy of porn. She doesn't exist. She's the substitute for the real thing. 
there's a sacrificial element in maturation. You have to sacrifice the pluripotentiality of childhood for the actuality of a frame. Well, why would you do that? Do that. One reason is it happens to you whether you do it or not. You can either choose your damn limitation, damn limitation, damn limitation, or you can let it take you unaware when you're 30, or even worse when you're 40. Not a happy day. A happy day. Sacrifice. You get to pick your damn sacrifice. That's all. Sacrifice. You don't get to not make one. You're sacrificial whether you want to be or not. When you're 25, you can be an idiot. It's no problem. Okay, well now you're the same person at 30. It's like people aren't so thrilled about you at that point. It's like, what the hell have you been doing for the last 10 years? Well, I'm just as clueless as I was when I was 22. Yeah, but you're not 22. You're an old infant. And that's an ugly thing. You choose your damn sacrifice. Because, because sacrifice is inevitable. But at least you get to choose it. The problem with being a child is that all you are is potential. And it's really low resolution. You could be anything, but you're not anything. So then you go and you adopt an apprenticeship. At least you become something. And when you're something, that makes the world open up to you again. If you're a really good plumber, then you end up being far more than a plumber. You end up being a good employer. You run a business, you train some other people, you enlarge their lives, you're kind of a pillar of the community, you, you have your family. It's family. Once you pass through that narrow training period, which narrows you and constricts you and develops you at the same time, then you can come out to the other end with a bunch of new possibility at, at hand. And you talked about that, he thought that part of the proper path of development in the last half of life was to rediscover the child that you left behind as you were apprenticing. And so then you get to be something and regain that potential at the same time. Sacrifice. You get to pick your damn sacrifice. That's all. Sacrifice. You don't get to not make one. You're sacrificial whether you want to be or not. Sacrifice. You get to pick your damn sacrifice. That's all. Sacrifice. You don't get to not make one. You're sacrificial whether you want to be or not. Sacrifice, brothers and sisters. Make some noise for sacrifice and make some noise for yourself. You know, if you take people and you expose them voluntarily to things that they are avoiding and are afraid of, you know, that they know they need to overcome in order to meet their goals, their self-defined goals. If you can teach people to stand up in the face of the things they're afraid of, they get stronger. And you don't know what the upper limits to that are, because you might ask yourself, like, if for 10 years, if you didn't avoid doing what you knew you needed to do, by your own definitions, right, within the value structure that you've created,
if they spoke their being forward. And they get stronger and stronger and stronger. We don't know the limits to that. We do not know the limits to that. And so you could say, well, in part, perhaps the reason that you're suffering unbearably can be left at your feet. Because you're not everything you could be, and you know it. You know it. You know it. Because you're not everything you could be, and you know it. And you know it. And you know it. What would you be like? What would you be like? Stop wasting time. What would you be like? What would you be like? What would you be like? Fuck your and of course, that's a terrible thing to admit, and it's a terrible thing to consider, but there's real promise in it, right? Because it means that perhaps there's another way that you could look at the world and another way that you could act in the world. So what it would reflect back to you would be much better than what it reflects back to you now. Imagine that many people did that. We've yeah. done a lot as human beings. We've done a lot of remarkable things, and I told you already today, for example, about 250,000 people will be lifted out of abject poverty. We're lifting people out of poverty collectively at a faster rate than's ever occurred in the history of humankind by a huge margin. So there's inequality developing in many places, and you hear lots of political agitation about that. But overall, the tide is lifting everyone up, and that's a great thing. We have no idea how fast we can multiply that if people got their act together and really aimed at it. Stop 
just because of that. So you might say, well, what would happen if you abided by your conscience for five years? Or what sort of position might you be in? Thanks to Nice, drop some waves in the chat. Just that's for everybody that's in. That's JBP Wave Live Experience. What would you be like? That hyper productivity anthem. It's a guidebook. Yeah. Make some noise for Jordan B. Peterson and make some noise for your guy down south. Clinical psychologist and I spent 20 hours a week for 25 years listening to people tell me about their lives. And those people were people who were just barely hanging on to the bottom of the world up to people who were so successful you can hardly believe it. Being a clinical psychologist, if you really listen, is like being immersed in a Dostoevsky novel all the time, you know, because it's amazing what people tell you if you listen to them, because they're so peculiar, like, they're like penguins or rhinoceroses or ostriches, they're unlikely creatures. Well, you got to improve, right? And you might think, well, I'm a real fixer-upper and I'm really embarrassed about that because there's 50 things wrong with me and like, look at that guy, and so now I feel all terrible because of the comparison and all of that. And First of all, it's unfair, especially by the time you're about 30. Your life has become quite idiosyncratic. Let's say your life has eight dimensions, family, friends, intimate relationships. You're individually positioned in all those dimensions. Your life isn't like anyone else's life. see someone who's doing better than you it's like you're only seeing one dimension at one slice of time so it's not reasonable you don't have the whole picture and then you get down on yourself and take the spirit out of yourself and you get bitter and resentful there's nothing good about that but you do need to improve there's not as much of you as there should be so what's the comparison well that's easy just say okay well here's my position in time and space right now here's my virtues and fall I can be a little bit better tomorrow in some minor way. Well, that's the right comparison because you are very much like you. Everything's the same about you. Everything's the same about you. And so it's the perfect comparison. You just don't have insight into the tragedy of someone else's life. You might think, well, he's rich and successful. It's like, yeah, but you just don't know. You don't know what his relationship is with his wife or his children. You know, you don't know that he's gone through two divorces and his daughter won't talk to him and one of his kids is schizophrenic. And the point is, you should be better than you are, but it's not because you're worse than other people. It's because you're not everything you should be. And so you've got to pick the comparison right. And then that's also ennobling and instantly hopeful. There is absolutely no doubt that you can be slightly better tomorrow than you are today. There is definitely something that you can do today that will make you slightly better for 
the next day. Always. Okay. You're 85. You have Alzheimer's. You know, you're done. Sometimes you're done. Most of the time you're not. And most of the time there's something within your graph that you could put like. See, that's the fundamental issue. It's like life is tragic. It's full of suffering and it's full of malevolence. There's no doubt about that. And it's it's brutal. It's more brutal than you can even imagine in some ways or willing to imagine. But there's something you could put right. And we don't know what would happen if you put everything you could right, if you put it right. And then we don't know what would happen if everyone did that. But you can be certain that it would be less tragic and less malevolent. And so, like, you don't have anything better to do with your life. Do you have anything better to do than that? Do you? Operation Achieve Potential in this lifetime. Get after it. Yeah, yeah! JBP Wave. The Cure of the Dawn. Live. You can record in human history. We don't understand the world. Like, I do think the world is, is more like a musical masterpiece than it is like anything else. And things are oddly connected. Now, you know, I know that sounds cloudy and it sounds metaphysical. I'm saying bluntly, this, this is speculative, right? I'm feeling out beyond the limits of my knowledge. I'm not willing to dismiss the mysterious. The mysterious. I'm not willing to dismiss the mysterious. I've experienced the mysterious in a variety of different ways, and it's very mysterious. Very mysterious. We certainly know that we're bounded by ignorance, and there's far more going on than we know or can know. We do. The problem is, is when you start to speculate, it's a projection of your imagination. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, because knowledge advances through projection of imagination but the problem is you can see yourself reflected back at you and then it's self-fulfilling and so you can see what you want the mysterious the mysterious I'm not willing to dismiss the mysterious. I've experienced the mysterious in a variety of different ways, and it's very mysterious. Very mysterious. The most ancient ideas we have about the nature of reality are predicated on a certain presupposition. And the presupposition is this. There's two fundamental modes of being that characterize reality. One is the absolute. An absolute is the sum total of everything. So if you think about things in their most unbounded possible form, if you think of things in their infinite number of potential variations, you can think about that as one pole of reality. It appears classically that people have regarded their encounters with the absolute is all those multiple levels of being that are beyond your perceptual capacity as equivalent to an encounter with God. The mysterious. The mysterious. 
are not willing to dismiss the mysterious. I've experienced the mysterious in a variety of different ways, and it's very mysterious. Very mysterious. is that both the infinite possibility and the constraint are necessary. Right? They, that's what makes up the genie. It has to be both at the same time. And the idea that, you know, if you find your genie, you can have your wishes. It's right. You have to really want what you're wishing for. Right? You have to make the proper sacrifices to get it. It can't be just some whim. You have to ask for something that you would rather not have. Which is usually wisdom. Somebody asked me about prayer. They asked me if I prayed, and I thought, well, it depends on what you mean by that. Exactly. I don't ask God for favors or for wishes. Or for wishes. No. I don't ask God for favors or for wishes. I do think that if you sit on the edge of your bed and you ask what foolish thing you're doing to make it worse, that you'll get an answer right now. And it won't be the one you want, but it might be the one that if you listen to would set things straight. I don't think that I've ever been in a situation where if something wasn't going right for me and I sat and thought, okay, huh? I'm willing to figure out what I'm doing wrong, which is a big thing to think because you never know how much you're doing wrong. It might be something that you really don't want to contend with. But if you clear some space to meditate on that, probability that you'll figure out something that you did that was stupid, that's bending you and twisting you in the wind, you'll get an answer very, very rapidly. I don't ask God for favors 
what that means to some degree is that there's a spirit of masculinity shaping the entire structure of human evolutionary history. That's what that means. It's the spirit of positive masculinity that manifests itself across epochal ages, millions of years perhaps. And it actually has shaped our consciousness. Actually. It's like the essential spirit of all the great men who defined what greatness constituted. That's a spirit. Well, that's a purely biological explanation. God is the highest value in the hierarchy of values. God is how we imaginatively and collectively represent the existence and action of consciousness across time. God is that which selects among men in the eternal hierarchy of men. God is that which eternally dies and is reborn in the pursuit of higher being and truth. But then there's another possibility too, which is that that's actually reflective of a deeper metaphysical reality. It has to do with the nature of consciousness itself. I think that's true. I believe the biological case, and I believe the biologically reductive case, but I don't think that exhausts it. There's a metaphysical layer underneath that that the biology is a genuine reflection of. And that's the macrocosm above and the microcosm below. We are really reflective, including in our consciousness, of something about the structure of reality itself. And that might involve whatever it is that God is. God is the future to which we make sacrifices. God is the voice of conscience. God is the source of judgment and mercy and guilt. God is what calls and what responds in the eternal call to adventure.
the top of the pyramid. The golden Buddha in the in the lotus. It's the same thing. The same thing as the crucifix. And that has to do with something like the voluntary acceptance and death, transcendence of suffering. 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 The voluntary acceptance and therefore transcendence of suffering. These are not arbitrary ideas. They're deeply, deeply rooted in biology and culture. They're as deeply rooted in biology as the dominance hierarchy is rooted in biology. And we already know the answer to that. The dominance hierarchy has been around for 350 million years. It's a long time. You don't get to just brush that off and say, well, morality is some sort of second order cognitive problem. It's like, no, it's not. You have a counter at the bottom of your brain that keeps track of where you are in terms of your status. And it bloody well regulates the sensitivity of your emotions. So if you're at the bottom of the hierarchy, barely clinging on to the world, everything overwhelms you. And that's because you're damn near dead. Everything should overwhelm you. You've got no extra resources. You're sunk. And if you're nearer the top, then your serotonin levels go up. You're less sensitive to negative emotion. You're less impulsive. You live longer. Everything works in your favor. Your immune system functions better, and you're oriented at least to some degree towards the medium and long-term future. And you can afford that because all hell isn't breaking loose around you all the time. And so then the question is, is there a way of being that increases the probability that you're going to move up dominance hierarchies? Well, that doesn't seem to be a particularly provocative proposition. Same thing as the crucifix. And that has to do with something like the voluntary acceptance and therefore transcendence of suffering. 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 Voluntary acceptance and therefore transcendence of suffering. Okay, so back to Jung. See, Jung believed that once we had stopped populating the cosmos with gods, that they went inside. Think about it this way. Archaic person looks at the sky, uses his imagination to populate the sky. What's the sky? Well, it's the constellations. It's the domain of the gods. Well, why? Because the gods are what are out there beyond your understanding. Well, that's what you see when you look up at the sky. So you populate the night sky with figures of your imagination. So the gods are the things that you broadcast out of your imagination and see spread over the world. It's like the contents of your unconscious are manifesting themselves when you encounter the unknown. It's exactly what it is. How else could it be? You're projecting your fantasy onto what you don't understand. That's how you start to cope with what you don't understand. You populate the unknown with deity. Where did they come from? They came from your imagination. Well, what happens when you take them out of the world? Do they disappear? No, they just go back into your imagination. That's the same motif as rescuing your dead father from the belly of the whale. Belly of the whale. Belly of the whale. Rescuing your dead father from the belly of the whale. Belly of the whale. Belly of the whale.
imagination. People often ask me, do you believe in God? I don't like that question. First of all, it's an attempt to box me in, in a sense. And the reason that it's an attempt to box me in is because the question is asked so that I can be firmly placed on one side of a, of a binary argument. The reason I don't like to answer it is because A, I don't like to be boxed in, and B, because I don't know what the person means by believe or God. And they think they know. And the probability that they construe belief and construe God the same way I do is virtually zero. It's a question that doesn't work for me on multiple levels of analysis. But strangely enough, just as we were talking, the answer to that question popped into my head. I act as if God exists. I act as if God exists. I act as if God exists. Now you can decide for yourself whether that means that I believe in him, so to speak. But I act as if he exists. Then with regards to these other issues, the divinity of Christ... I would say the same problems with the question formulation obtain. What do you mean by divine? And also, what do you mean by Christ? These are very, very difficult questions. Now, I believe that the Logos is divine. If by divine you mean of ultimate value, of ultimate transcendental value, yes, it's divine. with death and rebirth. Clearly, I act as if God exists because the Logos dismantles you and rebuilds you. I act as if God exists. That's what happens when you make an error. When you make an error, some part of you has to go. I act as if God exists. That's a sacrifice. You have to let it go. Sometimes it's a big part of you. I act as if God exists. Sometimes it can be such a big part of you that you actually die. Instead of dying and being reborn, is there something more than merely metaphorical about the idea of dying and being reborn?
consensus is that there has been one or two individuals who managed that and that in their management of that they transcended death itself so what do you mean by transcended death well in the case of christ let's assume he was a historical figure is his resurrection real well his spirit lives on that's certainly the case let's imagine that a spirit is a pattern of being patterns can be transmitted across multiple substrates vinyl air vibrations in your ear it's all the translation of what you might describe as a spirit it's that pattern it's independent of its material substrate well christ's spirit lives on it's had a massive effect across time well is that an answer to the question did his body resurrect i don't know 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 what happens to a person if they bring themselves completely into alignment i've had intimations of what that might mean we don't understand the world very well we don't understand how the world mastered if it was mastered completely we don't know how an individual might be able to manage that we don't know what transformations that might make possible i act as if god exists like well 
There's you imitating your father, but your father imitated his father and his father and his father and his father imitated his father. So in some sense, what your father actually imitated was the pattern of fathers across time. And you can think of the transcendent father as the pattern of fathers across time. When a child imitates his father in pretend play, when I'm pretending to be my father, I'm observing my father across multiple situations. And then I'm abstracting out the commonalities in behavior and attitude across those situations that make him father. And then I incorporate that and dramatize it in my pretend play. It's unbelievably sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. And so it's what the child is doing in pretend play is coming to embody the disembodied spirit of the father. There's a, an eternal, eternal spirit. Spirit of the father. Spirit of the father. There's a, an eternal, eternal spirit. Spirit of the father. Spirit of the father. There's a, an eternal, eternal spirit. Spirit of the father. Spirit of the Father, there's a an eternal, eternal spirit. Spirit of the Father, Spirit of the Father. And so you think, well, that is a disembodied spirit. It's a disembodied spirit that's incarnated in the collective of fathers across time. And what is that? Well, it's a judge, that's for sure. It's a judge. Even when you interact with the, the hierarchy of, of men who are currently alive, something can be abstracted out of that, it's like the patriarchal spirit. And if you don't think that's judging you, you are not thinking. It's absolutely judging you. That's what rank orders you in a hierarchy. There's a, an eternal, eternal spirit, spirit of the Father. Spirit of the Father, that there's a an eternal, eternal spirit. Spirit of the Father. Spirit of the Father, that there's a an eternal, eternal spirit. Spirit of the Father. Spirit of the Father, that there's a an eternal, eternal spirit. Spirit of the Father. Spirit of the Father. Yeah, yeah. Spirit of the Father. Spirit of the Father. Spirit of the Father. Spirit of the Father, hey, hey, hey. Spirit of the Father, Spirit of the Father, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, yeah.
You're not living up to your potential. And you know what that means, and you're willing to regard it as a as a genuine statement that reflects something fundamentally real. Maybe there's nothing more real about you than your potential. Strangely enough, also heaven and hell are potentials. That doesn't mean they're not real. And I think it's incumbent on people to work as hard as they can not to fall into hell and to drag people there with them. And to work as diligently as possible to bring heaven onto earth as rapidly as we can. And I think that that's the sort of thing also that gives you like meaning that you can start with trying to straighten things up around yourself that you can straighten up. It's a good way to begin. And you can do it. You can do it today. Carl Jung said that modern people do not see God because they don't look low enough. And I like that. It's like the injunction to not pray in public. Go home. Fix up the things you can fix up. Get good at it. And see what you can bring about. And how people get that. God only knows what we can produce now. Who knows? What are the limitations of a human being? We have no idea. We keep transcending our limitations constantly. I think that heaven exists and that we can produce it. But we're not going to do that by changing the behavior of I think that heaven exists and that we can produce it. Jordan B. Peterson, JBP Wave, clean up your mind. 
A bunch of songs, a bunch of songs, a bunch of songs. What a dismissive way to describe that orchestra of glory. You know, that orchestra of glory. But those songs were selected specifically to help get your mind right. During what people keep sending me emails, they keep saying trying times. They say trying times, these are auspicious times. These are times of great potential opportunity for us to level up in every way. Forget that potential. Forget in that alignment. Clean that goddamn room. It's that time. Yo. Shouts out to everyone who's been supporting during this thing. Shouts out to everyone who's making a noise with your emojis. Make some noise with your damn emojis. You know how it goes, this is an international global stadium situation. You keep stamping your feet, you might get an encore. You keep dropping those wave emojis, you might get an encore. Do you want more? Brooklyn da 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 whatever it was Jay-Z said on his last good record. On the last good Jay-Z record. Yo, shouts out to everyone who's been locked and supporting. Thank you, James Scott. Thank you, Human Splaining. Thank you, Jack Whelan. Thank you, The Buen Fuego. Thank you, Abadonish. Thank you, Oddman Gaming. Thank you, the entire Wu-Tang Clan. Thank you, David Redding. Thank you, Dakota Yates. Thank you, Aaron Bell. Thank you, Enjoyable Madness. Thank you, Suzanne Gilden. Thank you, John Grady. Thank you, Dakota Yates. Thank you, Oddman Gaming, many, many times. Thank you, Joshua Ramirez. Thank you, Nick Swato. Thank you, John Grady again. Thank you, Oddman Gaming again. Thank you, Oddman Gaming so many times. Damn, Oddman Gaming, you're going hard. Thank you, DS Duenas, Regulator. Official Regulator. Thank you, Winfuego. Thank you, Lucid Lefty. Thank you, Oddman Gaming. Epic activities on stream. Damn, baby. Damn, baby. Look at you. Look at your go. Look at your get down. You know, we just did two hours. But, you know, if, if we were doing two hours in Madison Square Garden, which we will be doing one day, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we'll get out of the indoors at some point. We'll have to go outdoors. And I suggest we go outdoors together. You know what I mean? Make some noise for your goddamn self, baby. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Or at least don't lie. Or at least don't lie. That's the anthem. Put your damn hands up. Do not do things that you hate. Nah. Act so that you can tell the truth about how you act. Yeah, baby. Pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. If you have to choose, yeah. be the one who does things instead of the one who is seen to do things. Pay attention. Assume that the person you are listening to might 
know something you need to know. Listen to them hard enough so that they will share it with you. Plan and work diligently to maintain the romance in your relationships. Be careful who you share good news with. Be careful who you share bad news with. Make at least one thing better every single place you go. Imagine who you could be and then aim single-mindedly at that. Do not allow yourself to become arrogant or resentful. Try to make one room in your house as beautiful as possible. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. Work as hard as you possibly can on at least one thing and see what happens. If old memories still make you cry, write them down carefully and completely. Maintain your connections with people. Do not carelessly denigrate social institutions or artistic achievement. Treat yourself as if you were someone that you are responsible for helping. Ask someone to do you a small favor so that he or she can ask you to do one in the future. friends with people who want the best for you. Do not try to rescue someone who does not want to be rescued. And be very careful about rescuing someone who does. Nothing well done is insignificant. person you want to be. Be precise in your speech. Yeah. Stand up straight. Stand up straight. With your shoulders back. Don't avoid something frightening if it stands in your way. But don't do unnecessarily dangerous things. Do not let your children do anything. In the farm. Notice that opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated. Read something written by someone great. 
pedicabbed. When you encounter one on the street, do not bother children when they are skateboarding. Don't let bullies get away with it. Write a letter to the government. You see something that needs fixing and propose a solution. Remember that what you do not yet know is more important than what you already know. Be grateful. In spite of your suffering. I think you probably should get at least, you know, I think you should get one more song. One more song to leave us with the right vibes, you know, the correct vibes. We went inward, we cleaned up our minds, we reminded ourselves of those 42 rules. But you know, there's one last little thing you want to be aware of. Hey, hey, hey. Yo, better, 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 better than alcohol, man. Yeah, and the funny thing is, if you're trying to stop drinking, you need Woo! something better than alcohol. And alcohol's pretty good, so you better find something a lot better. <laughs> esteemable people do esteemable things. It's like, yeah, well, you want to figure out something that you're doing with your life that's worth not getting drunk and screwing Woo! up. You might say, well, why do people drink too much? If you like alcohol, that's a stupid question. Why do people drink too much? Well, because it's great. So why stop? Well, you do stupid things when you're drunk. You hurt yourself. You, you compromise your health. It's really hard on the people around you. You tend to turn into a liar, and it screws up your life. It's like, yeah, but it's pretty fun. Yeah, well, it is. But you need something better than that. And what's better isn't being straight and not making mistakes. It's like that's all prohibition in some sense. What's better is... Yeah. No, you need an adventure, man. Alcohol. It's an interesting drug. Full of positive emotion. And the second thing it does is reduce. 
is, it's, well, it's a great, it's a great drug. drug. For the moment, alcohol is an interesting drug. Alcohol is a hell of a drug. interesting drug because it, it actually doesn't make people stupid. People who are drunk will take far more risk and you might say well that's because they're too stupid to understand the risk. It's like no they're not. If you ask them about the risk when they're drunk, they can outline it perfectly. What it stops them from doing is caring about the risk. That's why you can drive around drunk at high speed in a car, which is a really stupid thing to do. It's fun, you know, like so many things. It's like jumping off a cliff. I'm True until the last one tenth of a second. It's like then you're not flying, man. Alcohol is an interesting drug. crazy uh it is now time to exit madison square garden and go uh get your hot dogs or whatever it is you do you know what i mean after you've just been at an epic international global event here comes the boy drop your diamonds oh my goodness we've got some after show entertainment from young hercules it seems he's he's loaded with weaponry damn how you feeling everyone out there yo that was crazy thank you so much for your energy uh, thank you so much for your energy during that whole situation. That was crazy. Uh, that was epic. You can feel that through the internet. That came all the way through the internet and hit me down straight in the chest and then redistributed back again. That was epic. Yo. Hey, it's Hercules. Hercules in the place to be. How you feeling? Good. Good. whole bunch of goods with that sonic boom he's got an axe hercules in here he's armed he's dangerous damn baby damn 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 yeah we got to do i'm going to do a big shout out to everyone uh who uh who was supporting during that whole thing that was a crazy amount of support yo and he's now grateful hercules how grateful are you for the support Down straight. Shout out to everyone. Thank you, James Scott. Thank you, Human Splaining. Yo, 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 yo. We need some music in the background of this thing. Yo, yo, yo. Thank you, James Scott. Thank you, Human Splaining. Thank you, Jack Whelan. Thank you, Vin Fuego. Thank you, Abaddonesh. Thank you, Odd Man Gaming. About 700 times. We've got to thank Odd Man Gaming. Odd Man Gaming went hard. Thank you to the entire Wu-Tang Clan. Yo, nominee. Thank you, David Redding. Thank you, Dakota Yates. Thank you, Aaron Bell. Thank you, Enjoyable Madness. Thank you, Suzanne, Gilda Arts. Thank you, John Grady. Thank you, Dakota Yates. You know, 
Thank you, Joshua uh, Ramirez. Joshua Ramirez, you know. Thank you, Mark Tweddle. Thank you, John Grady, again. Thank you, Old Man Gaming, a thousand times. Old Man Gaming is a real MVP. Axel Stacks was up in the thing. Thank you, Axel Stacks. Thank you, Abadonis. Uh Thank you, Dan Frank. Thank you, D.S. Duenas. D.S. Duenas in the place to be. What's that noise? Wim Fuego. The, the Lucid Lefty. Andrew. Digital Rhino. Orsavan. Biological Bootloader. Digital Rhino. Lucid Music. DS Duenas once again. <laughs> once again. Odd Man Gaming once again. Yo. Yo. Everyone went hard. Where's Hercules? Hercules was here a second ago. We got this guy. That was the meaning stream number 39. 39 days in a row. 39 days and rights we've been days and days and nights 39 days and nights we've been in here regulating the vibes if this, if this was your first time we do this every night every night and we have been doing it for 39 nights and we shall continue as long as we are required as long as it is necessary as long as you wish to gather as long as this community wishes to come together in the name of righteousness and get down with the get down and say good in the face of what might appear to not be good that's what's up. That's how we get down. That's what we do. It's that meaning stream. It's that meaning stream quarantine team. It's that meaning stream quarantine. So make some noise for your flipping self. Make some noise for your flipping self. Yo, yo. All right, all right. Okay. Yo. Thank you, uh, YouTube Hero Alex, for regulating the chat. Doing great work regulating that chat. Appreciate you. Thank you, Diverting Tales, for help with that set. For uh, you know, thinking of what the songs to play. Coming up with uh, these great like collections of songs. I got so many songs. I got so many hundreds of songs. You know what I mean? And uh, Diverting Tales, you've been great helping uh, collect these like sets based around ideas and things of that nature. That's we could really appreciate you. We'll be here tomorrow, like we are every day. But tomorrow's Friday, right? So Friday is going to be epic. It's that Friday night quarantine stream. All right, we're going to go full-blown disco tomorrow. I have decided we're going full-blown turbo disco. Turbo. Turbo tomorrow. We're going ultra. And Saturday, we're going to do a ultra-mega synthwave set. Uh, we did one last Saturday. It was epic. This one is going to be more epic. We're going to do an even more epic synthwave set. Then Sunday, Sunday, we're going to do a special Church of Meaning Meaning Wave live stream. It's going to be a Meaning Wave live stream, all Meaning Wave live, all Meaning Wave all live, all Meaning Wave all live on Sunday. You know what I mean? And we're just getting down every single day. You let me know what it is you want to hear here. All right? There will be more. Uh, any Future Funk? Yeah, Future Funk is in that disco dimension, baby. We've been doing Future Funk every Friday for the past like four weeks. So best believe we'll be, we'll be playing some Future Funk tomorrow. But we will be increasing the vibes and bringing in extra turbo disco. I'll be doing a lot of live remixing. I'll be doing some uh, super dope special exclusive stuff that's never been done before and may never be done again. You know, that's how we get down. We're taking, we're taking advantage of this opportunity. You know what I mean? And uh, it's a great opportunity that we have here to all get together and, uh, you know, enjoy the glory of recorded sound you know and enjoy that glory you know mixed and manipulated and remixed and switched up live you know what i mean 
We can do that! And it's a miracle. So as long as we can do it, I think we should do it, you know? Uh, like I always say, let me know if you want to hear anything specific. We'll, we'll do... That was, you know, that was one JBP wave live. We will do more. How many songs have I got? Uh... You know, how many JBP, how many songs have me and Dr. Peterson got? It's a lot. And, you know, there's still six, five. There are still five JBP wave mixes that have yet to be transcribed and turned into full-blown albums. Bear that in mind. You know, we've got a lot of work to do, do we not, darling? My wife's over there making the, doing the face. <laughs> the face. we got a lot of work to do, baby. And, you know, we're doing all we can to increase, uh, you know, Increase that wave, increase production, get shipped. What was really cool, what I really liked about playing that set just then, was we played some songs there from all of the JVP Wave albums, right? There were songs from the full JVP Wave album catalog there. And uh, they really did get so much better. I got so much better at doing this as we've gone along. And that's not to say the early stuff was not amazing, because there was wonderful moments and ideas and things within that, but I'm so happy at how it's coming along. And I'm really excited for the next full JBP Wave album because it's going to be so much better. Because the skills are so much higher now. The production quality is so much better now. And uh, it feels like a long time since I did one, but it was only October. Right? I think it was October, the last one, right? But yeah, we're getting ready, uh, we're getting ready for the new one. Uh, the Alan Watts album... That's finished. Uh, I was listening to the mixes last night. Had a few little adjustments to make. Uh, that sounds incredible. It's a double album. It's 20 tracks. Uh, it's like a uh, hundred minutes long or something. You know, it's a fully, what's this face? Wife over there looking super beautiful. Look at you. You beautiful thing. Um, the artwork is amazing. Tom, Tommy, Tommy Patterson done it. Uh, he's an excellent illustrator comic book artist you might know him from uh he did the game of thrones comic books he's done the artwork it's amazing so i'm gonna we're gonna be launching that next week uh you've been asking for vinyl right so i think we're gonna do vinyl all right so get ready for that get ready for vinyl get ready for the introduction of vinyl in the meaning wave universe all right we're gonna uh you know make real world things that you can treasure and keep in your home you can mount them on your wall you know you can put them in a in a display case you know those special display cases? I used to have one. One of those, you know, and I used to have, like, Transformers toys and things in it. You know, I used to keep my action figures in there like a bona fide geek. A beautiful, beautiful geek. So I was, you know. So we got to do that for you guys. You know? Shouts out to everybody. Uh, Andrew Klein missed most of tonight, truth be told. Oh, my goodness. You missed the epicness, dude. You missed Stadium Get Down. You missed Madison Square Garden on the internet, baby. But that's cool. Because we'll be doing this stuff IRL soon enough. Don't you worry. We'll be back here tomorrow. We will be back here tomorrow. Oh, hey, shit, and it's 9 o'clock. So if you go over to Spotify right now, uh, the Manly P. Hall single will be live for you to listen to. So you can jump off this stream and go over to your Spotify or your iTunes or whatever, and you can play that new single, Meaning Wave, Akira the Dawn single with Manly P. Hall. You can play that to your heart's content. Also... The album, the compilation album, This Is a Mysterious Planet and We Are Mysterious Beings, also hit Spotify today. So that's a whole album. That's a compilation album for you to go listen to. And a brand new single with Manly P. Hall that's, fuck, that's fantastic. All right. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's got, I've got to get out of here then, baby. I've got to get out of here because I've got to be ready for tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I've got to get next. we got a new album next week. All right. We've got a new album next week. 
next week's album. It's not the Alan Watts album. We're announcing that. I'm going to show you the art and let you start pre-ordering that next week, okay? And then uh, the, the album that will be dropping next Friday is Lo-Fi Beats Resurrection. Lo-Fi Beats Resurrection. All right, that's going to be the new chapter in the Lo-Fi Beats series. As you know, Lo-Fi Beats 2 got yeeted off of Spotify, so we're bringing back the full content of Lo-Fi, Lo-Fi Beats 2 with a full new album's worth of Lo-Fi Beats, uh, including some brand new stuff that I've been making, one track I made last night that's amazing. And uh, so, yeah, that's coming out next Friday. I'm excited about that. It's just like I told you, it's them epic activities only in 2020. Shouts out to everybody lurked in. Shout out to all the members. If you want to support the channel, you can become a member. Click the thing below. You get a da- you get to download a mix every day. I upload a mix to the members tab. If you're on Patreon, you get all that stuff. Similar, it's the same thing. You know? Uh, yeah. So anyway, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm going to take a, stay, a little prayer. We should say a little prayer. Where's Hercules? Where's Hercules? We need Hercules for that by five, you know? We've got to keep our customs in, on point, you know? We've got to keep our traditions on lock. Yeah, but we're going to say a little prayer right now. Ah, my foot has gone crazy. I must be getting so much, uh, ow! Damn, I've cramped. <laughs> yeah, I've got crazy cramp in one of my leg feet things. What's the thing on the bottom of your leg? The foot. Yo, it's all this 39 days and nights I've been stood up here, bouncing up and down from one foot to the other, regulating vibes. It's pretty crazy, really, when you think about it. No wonder I am so trim. You know? A hundred what? Oh, come over here and talk if you want to talk. Hercules has got some opinions on the matter. What are you saying, Hercules? I can get to a hundred music sessions. You want to do a hundred? A hundred of the live streams. Okay. Well, yeah. Why not? That's a, it's good to have a, an aim. If you don't have an aim, you're aimless. That's true. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's say a little prayer. Yo, wave father. Up there, in that endless ocean. Thank you for the, all this abundance. You know. Thank you for this spaceship, in which I regulate the vibes. Thank you for my beautiful family who sat over there and looking so beautiful. You know, thank you for this wonderful community, this beautiful community of super smart, super beautiful, super, uh, like, just incredible humans. Uh, thank you for, you know, powering up your man Jordan B. Peterson and the Peterson family who put in so much work and sacrificed so much in such a short space of time and a long time. And on that life's work and then that really, really intense, intense uh, work that they put in over the past couple of years that, you know, you know, cost them dearly in some ways. So, you know, we pray for them. You know, we pray for their renewed health. We pray that, uh, you know, they come back more powerful and epic and strong than ever before and continue to be of use in this beautiful world. You know, we've just scratched the surface of this stuff. You know I mean? We don't know what the upper limits of this thing are. But we're mad excited to find out. All right? So thank you. We will not let you down. And that's, that's, you know, that's the almighty and the ancestors we're talking to right here. We will not let you down. We will not squander this opportunity. We will go forth and we will be mighty. Amen. Wah, 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 wah.
Yeah, baby. We'll be here tomorrow night. So you better be here with us. We here every night. It's the meaning stream, baby. Make some noise for yourself. Hercules, you ready for the bye five? Are you ready, Hercules? Hey, Hercules. What's cracking, little boy? What are you doing? You ready? All right, take the mic. I'll give you the mic. Nice one, old man gaming. You blessed. Thank you, everyone who's supporting tonight. You're all hugely appreciated, and we love you, okay? We'll see you tomorrow. You let me know if you need anything specific. You know where to find me. We'll see you tomorrow, all right?